I don't know. Why, like, seriously, I'm crying right now. <laughs> I don't know why this is being. Um, <laughs> I don't know why this is emotional. It's her 50th birthday thing. Okay. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. Don't go anywhere. This isn't the generic intro. See, I'm tricking you right now. But I just want to say welcome to our Real Housewives of New York Bravo blogs from the ladies on the Bravo website, read to you by me, Eric, from yourrealityrecaps.com. Now, look, are you wondering why I'm making a new intro? It's because I'm dying to tell you guys something, and it's this. A, we are now doing these audio vlogs for the Real Housewives of New Jersey too. And when I say we, I mean John's doing them. A lot of you guys have been asking, so he's doing them. So you're going to want to check those out over at yourrealityrecaps.com slash bravo. But you know what else John is doing? Working exclusively with Bravo. Oh, that's right. He is now covering Game of Crowns. Also reading those ladies' Bravo blogs to you in audio form on our Bravo webpage. But he's also doing a soup style type of a recap mashup show too. So you are going to so want to check that out. And all of our Bravo blogs. And uh, we also do the audio blogs for The Real Housewives of Orange County. And blogs, like I said, on a ton of other Bravo shows and content. So all of that is over on our Bravo page at yourrealityrecaps.com slash Bravo. Now, of course, if you guys love what we're doing, you should know by now, you can make a donation to our PayPal in the sidebar on our homepage or become a patron for exclusive content, swag, prize giveaways. It really is the best way to support us and become an exclusive member. We talk about stuff in our exclusive forums. Only patrons get. Just saying. Stuff we can't say publicly. Like how Teresa was court, 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 or caught snorting coke. No, I'm kidding. That's allegedly. But that would be something we would say there that we wouldn't say publicly. (laughs) Now, you guys probably know we don't edit these shows. So, you know, roll with it. We like to interact with you. and, And we like to get the reactions in real time as we read these. And of course, we love to hear from you so make sure if you're listening to this on our website you comment below where you're listening to it because we want your feedback and know what you love or hate about it of course if you're listening in itunes or stitcher do us a favor give us a five-star rating and a nice review it really helps support all of our shows and lastly if you want to help support us for free just share our stuff on social media if you see the link thumbs it up star it share it with your friends family tell them all you want for your birthday is just to have them follow us on social media We're on all those damn sites. Oh, and I guess, of course, I should say, if you have any Amazon.com shopping to do, just start by clicking on the ad in our sidebar as well. You don't pay any more, and then they give us a little bit back. But all right, enough. We need to start the show. So without further ado, let's jump into our first Bravo blog. Oh, and all right, I swear this is really my last PS. <laughs> the ladies really didn't do blogs last week, which is why I kind of am making this a double episode. But there really isn't anything to tell you from last week. I think it's because of the holiday or whatever. It makes no sense. But whatever. Let's go and see what the ladies are saying this week. <laughs> first up is Carol with her blog called God Give Me a God Gave Me a Great Ass and His Approval. 
Dear viewers and fans, I know I didn't recap last week. See, I told you I'm not making this stuff up. Um, I'm in Europe and time zones and jet lag and cross-continental cocktails are taking their toll. I have a few thoughts about last week, though. First, I had no idea that entrepreneur rhymes with manure. I pronounce it entrepreneur rhymes with door. Have I been mispronouncing the word my whole life? I love when I learn from this show. Second, last week's episode didn't inspire me. It happens near the end of the season, I think, and I have Housewives recap fatigue. Eric speaking, it is the end of the season. Apparently next week is the finale. Or this, you know, in like two days. Sonia was also fatigued from reading all of those emails all day. She needed a break, so she asked Aviva over to tell her what they had all what we had all talked about in Montana. If by the whole time Sonia meant for a few minutes at dinner one night, then yes, we were talking about Aviva the whole time. Ramona took it so far as a possible phone call, but by the time she walked back into the antlers to make the call, eight seconds later, we were bored with asthma, so didn't bother to call or even think about her again. The whole time, I laugh when the recap of the event never matches the scene. Have you noticed that Sonia's stories never track? There were some genuine moments, though. Heather singing, me mailing. Everything Heather does is with style and talent. Can she sing, too? She can knock out a Bill Bailey on a dime with Billy Stritch. I love her anyway. My talents were much less obvious, but I do write a mean, stuck-up letter to my big mouth friends. That scene could have been longer, too. Had anyone else been interested. Were you? I sold Russ's piano on Craigslist for $2,000 and two musical moving men came in to haul it away in the middle of all that mess. It made me a little sad then when Mark, my contractor, got gumpy, grumpy, (laughs) or gumpy, with all the change orders. So there was tension. You might have loved it. Then, after I signed a million letters, I walked to Lenny's with the three big boxes of books. Remember Lenny, my mailman from last season? He's 92 years old now, and he gets grumpy too. He was pleased when I spilled the boxes of books all over the floor in his mailroom. You also missed a grumpy Lenny. I love Lenny. I'm still on vacation, by the way. The Amalfi Coast was beautiful, then Rome, and then we went to visit the Vatican, where a sweet Aussie tourist noticed me and asked me for a selfie. We chatted, but I declined the photo. It's a vacation, and the Vatican. Though, I took it as a sign that God approves of my decision to appear in a reality show. I made a quick pass through Paris, and now it's London, my second favorite city in the world. And then, back to my favorite, New York. It's my party, and I'll have butterflies if I want to. Wait, I'm in London in real life, and also in reality. Life imitating, life imitating art. Weird coincidence? Maybe, or maybe not. Yes, I left instructions. I was landing in New York one day before the party. There was no room for error. I'm a perfectionist, and also bossy. Kate and Eric are clever, but I had to call in the big guns. As the age-old adage goes, if you want something done, give it to the busiest person you know. Holla! I know you've all noticed that I'm coming clean right now, so don't tweet that I'm a hypocrite. Yes, Heather and I have the same glasses. I copied her. She copied me. We bought them together at Moscot 
on 6th Avenue. We both love them, so we both bought them. But apparently Heather and I do not share the same love of butterflies and chandeliers hanging in trees lit by a low-rising harvest moon. Who does that? Opinion? Hashtag? Last? What? Sonia didn't get a permit to throw Milu's ashes into the river, so now I don't see why I need... Oh, oh, so, so now I don't see why my little butterflies would be a problem. Love me tender. I admire the subconscious, not-so-subtle message in Kristen's Love Me Tender sweatshirt. Don't all married couples have the exact same conversation at some point in the relationship, or maybe at several points, and minus the bag? Wife, you take me for granted. Husband, you don't understand the pressure I'm under at work. Wife, you ignore me. Hubby, you don't understand the pressure I'm at work. Wife, I don't mind if you ignore me as long as you buy me a Chanel bag. Does that sound familiar to you? Maybe this will too. Where's my effing Chanel bag? Thanks. Thank me for that. Next week. The devil wears Prada. Yes, I'm the devil in disguise. You got me. The devil is always the one trying to lighten the mood. The one who shows up in a bear costume, and the one who dresses up like a mermaid to raise money for hurricane victims, and the one who hooks up my girl, and the one who hooks up with my girlfriend's ex. Oops. Wait. That was Sonia. That wasn't me. My bad. I'm the devil. <laughs> it's my party, and Lou can cry if she wants to. Look, I'm bossy. Yes, but the best. But the place looks amazing. There was a harvest moon, headless mannequins, candelabra, chandeliers, antique lace, and Spanish moss. The snake handler got held up, and the butterflies came dead, which we just left out. Another engagement. That just makes three this season now, although mine has the most credibility because I called it what it was, a joke. Three engagements and no marriages. The Bachelor has better odds, people. Where was my toast? It didn't make the cut. Were you even interested in my to toast? Because it was my party after all. I gave a toast and you missed it. It was so funny and better in person than on paper. I twirled and did it and did it a, a bunch of other embarrassing stuff. I said nice things about all the ladies. They all loved it. Here, read it out loud in a mirror and remember to check out your great ass while you do it because you have one too. Okay, now, before Eric speaking, I read her toast. I just have to say, comment below if you're listening on the website, because I'm dying to know what you guys think. Um, I totally thought the engagement between Sonia and Harry was completely fake and just done for, like, you know, production value. Clearly, they're not engaged or getting married. It is absolutely ridiculous. But let me know what you think um, in the comment section below. Okay, so here is Carol's toast called 50 Never Looked So Good. Welcome to the Garden of Good and Evil. You know which one you are. Thank you for celebrating my birthday. If I knew I was going to have this ass at 50, I would have gone into the pole dancing instead of journalism, which is nearly as lucrative. But I have learned a few things. I've always taken my work seriously, but for those of you who don't know me well, I've never taken myself seriously. And despite prowling around in the woods like a bear making my friends dress like mermaids, I've grown up almost. Lately, I've been thinking about the duality of life, the proverbial midnight in the garden of good and evil, a place where there's no generosity without envy, no love without hate, no laughter without sadness. It's a duality of courage and fear, and as Eleanor Roosevelt said, and I quote her often, do one thing every day that scares you. I sometimes do five and not on purpose. 
For Kristen, this duality means throwing yourself off a mountain cliff and having faith that you will land on your feet. I don't know why, like, seriously, I'm crying right now. <laughs> I don't know why this is being, um, <laughs> I don't know why this is emotional. It's her 50th b- birthday thing. Okay. Oh, I just, I, you know why? Because I'm so into, like, video editing and production, and I, like, am envisioning how the scene should have been, and I love, like, heartfelt stories that have montages over them when people talking and wrapping up their life. Oh, like, seriously, okay, side, side note. Because, <laughs> okay, side note, side, side note. How much did you all love um, Six Feet Under, that finale? Like, oh my god. I watched that when I want to cry too. Okay, let's go back to Carol's uh, toast. Whew. For Kristen, this duality means throwing yourself off a mountain cliff and having faith that you'll land on your feet. It means knowing that you are so much more than just a pretty face. For Luann, it means finding your passion and humor and being unafraid to pursue it, even knowing that critics abound. For Ramona, it means taking comfort in knowing you've given your daughter wings large enough to fly higher and further than you could ever have imagined, and finding peace in that. For Sonia, it means literally burying the past and allowing yourself a bright new future. Lastly, for my dearest friend, Heather. It means never backing down from what you believe is right. She fights the good fight, whether it's to save a child's life, a dear friend, or deal with her own health scares. She never, ever lets you see her sweat. For me, it means having the courage to allow true love into my life again. I know Kristen, a businessman. Or the courage to publish my first work of fiction and not allow jealousy and petty gossip to cloud the truth. I take pride in all of my achievements, and now this one too. I've learned my 50th year, in my 50th year, that objects in your rearview mirror are much smaller than they appear. So don't look back, don't second-guess yourself, and live every day as if you were dying. When I look back at all my experiences, both good and bad, from where I started to where I am now, I suppose none of my life really makes sense, or maybe it all does. I sma- I'm smack in the middle of it now, and it's not my job to understand it yet. It's just my job to live it. I'm living it, and I'm loving it, and I'm in awe of every moment. I'd like to raise my glass and toast to living life with nothing less than courage and awe. That was the toast you missed. I wish you had all been there. And until next week, thus concludes the Bravo blog of Carol. And don't forget, you guys, you can get um, Carol's book. The links are below uh, this audio file if you are listening to it on our website. (laughs) Next up is Sonia with her blog called Sonia on Her Harry Situation with Luann. I think Heather did a great job with Carol's party. In fact, she asked me to do a skit with Joey Aria, the cabaret performer and drag artist, but at last minute, that fell through. The girls did a pretty good job themselves entertaining us, especially Heather regarding Carol's self-written speech. Hilarious. And no, Carol's demands were not excessive. It's her party. I get fanatical when planning, too. 
I committed to getting a dog with Harry very much the way I committed to getting a dog with my daughter, very well knowing that I would be the one in charge of the dog. Edward, at the dog store, is who I bought Marley from for my daughter, and I love his dog, Woody. He's a real star. He's so smart. And after the funeral, I knew eventually I would want to get another poodle. So it's a commitment but to the poodle, but with Harry, how did I get into this? My new puppy, Rogue, actually ends up being a rescue dog. Long story, and that comes out later. I don't know what I think that Harry can prove to me at this point with all these gestures, but there's always hope. Um, I know, uh, more airtime. He has been in my life for almost three decades, and he always will be. I adore him. He's a soulmate, and we have an undeniable chemistry and ease together. Like Ramona says, I lighten up around him. Carol, Lou, Aviva, and Heather all have said they observe the same. We are very close and speak every morning. I know him like the back of my hand. It brought me to tears again to see Ramona pack Avery. It brought me to snores. Anyway, uh, (laughs) you could cut the nerves with a knife. I will be experiencing the same very soon. I am also very close to my daughter. I am home every day, 3.45, to be with her after school. We have dinner every night around 6 p.m. I don't miss my weekends with her either, and it's hard for me as well. I hardly ever see Avery crack, and my daughter's the same. She is conservative and holds her emotions close to herself. Everything I do and Ramona is to make sure that our daughters are provided for. We are both independent, hardworking women. This is a heavy chapter for us mothers. Speaking of emotions, seeing Aviva with the Boston Marathon survivor, Heather Abbott, is for a step ahead reminds me that she has a sensitive and caring side. I think the other girls lose sight of this at times. She has feelings too. Even though she says tough things, it's a shield. In fact, she is tough on herself. I said that last year. I really lost it seeing Ramona in the car, taking Avery to the airport. Well, apparently you got right off losing it really quick. (laughs) Back to your girlfriend, Ramona. Um, it It was very moving. It choked me up. So many changes for Ramona. I don't relish it myself, but I'm strong and I'll get through it because it's what's best for my daughter's growth and independence. What is more important is our children know how much we love them and that we're there for them. That's the stability they need. I love that I have my tarot cards and get them done often because I find it inspirational. Very rarely do I get a reading where someone says there's a devil in my group. Thomas John really had me going. I had to go through every brunette in the group and luckily he said it wasn't Carol. Yet, we have to find out who the brunette is. So many brunettes, so many bleach blondes, so many devils, and so little time to analyze. I better call Robert Tassavala, one of my other psychics, and ask her. Oh, Roberta, sorry. Um, oh, I have been enjoying Mary Ellen Armstrong's readings also. So many great psychics, so little time. And then there are astrologers. Ah, recreation. Or you just die, and it's just a scam, like it's been proven. Anyway, uh, uh, blah, blah. <laughs> I've never touched the iceberg of healers and feng, and feng shui. No less than 35 on Team Sonia. 
I felt very bad when I heard Jacques and Luanne broke up. I knew this day was coming. I pointed it out at the Life and Style party last year because I knew Jacques, being young, would want to have a family and Luanne wants a different lifestyle. I just didn't want Luanne to lose precious time. I want her to be happy in the long run. I want forever for her and not for her to be in limbo. She said this bickering has been going on for months, yet never discussed any stress with me in Montana on our long flight back or on our bike ride. Never a word at any of our dinners or lunches. And then she keeps saying that I'm a bad friend and spend too much time with Ramona and have a babbling facialist and then I should put a plug in it. When I explained I goaded Sakito to tell me what was being said and Kristen, I gave it no credence. What does that have to do with what is really going on? We had no idea that there was an imminent breakup at that time. Now I understand why she's been so edgy and taking things out on me and saying that I'm not being a good friend. She's obviously sensitive now. All is not good in paradise, as I described, and when I confronted her at Rad's party for being duplicitous, she says it's only been weeks, and she just told the other girls um, that it's been months. Lou and I discuss everything. Real friends are not embarrassed. I don't know the real reason she didn't share her true situation with Jacques with me, but when we discussed it, either then or in the future, sev- in the future several other times. Harry never ceases to surprise me, so when he gave me a ring, it was a typical Harry-style impromptu. What was also very Harry is that he committed, but to not commit, because it was for the show. He gives me a ring, but not the ring. I know what Harry means, what he says, and he does want to take it to the other level, and even though this action seems last minute, he's been thinking about it for some time, like decades. We have discussed it many times. We'll just have to see if Harry can back it up with a commitment. I confronted Lou about not telling me about Jacques because I'm very upfront and straightforward with my friends. I was very surprised she didn't tell me that he, um, who she says he is like with family and others that have known for such a long time, even at the same party. It is freaking impossible to read how, <laughs> uh, Sonia types. Like, could you have one of your other interns type it that gets sentence formation that I wouldn't have to be like stumbling over your blog? Anyway, meanwhile, she's been ragging on me and a comma would help. She's been ragging on me about everything in passive aggressive fashion saying that I haven't been there for her when she hasn't been up front with me. So apparently, um, if you're friends with Sonia, she'll only be your friend if you're friends on her terms. Just keep that in mind. Her reaction that is that I made her break up about myself, and that's just not true. I don't know what that sentence means. Anyway, my point is, how can I be a friend to her if she doesn't share what's going on in her life? Well, thank you. That's a great way that you could have put that other sentence. Would have been brilliant. Oh, my God. We should just be party friends then. She should not concerned about my businesses and personal affairs, and she can be the queen of craft. Can't remember freaking anything. After I begrudgedly share personal business details with her, yet she doesn't share any with me. It's just better that we keep this relationship balanced and reciprocal. So tune in next week to see with to see how Lou and I deal with the Harry situation. It really is deja vu. Great thing about knowing each other for a while is we know each other. 
We really don't change our stripes. I speak my mind. I state where I stand and I don't hold a grudge. I love and support the people that love and support me. I can't change people though. I need to live my life and I can't control anyone else's. So onward and upwards, catch me if you can. And thank God that concludes the Bravo blog of Sonia. But now I just want to know, so what do you guys think of Luann leaving with Jacques? Honestly, the whole thing was planned. I don't care what anybody says, I think the whole thing was planned because they knew they were leading into the finale and needed drama. I don't believe any of it for a second. But comment below and let me know what you think. <laughs> As we move on to the other half of uh, Batchet Crazy's to some Ramona with her blog called Where Did the Time Go with Avery? I was amused by all of Carol's requests for her party. <laughs> I'm so amused, you peasants. Oh, that was obviously me, Eric. Um, I'm entertained constantly at my homes. To me, a successful party is not built upon the ambiance, but rather the correct combination of guests, alcoholic beverages, and naturally great food. We know Carol doesn't eat, so she could care less about that. Shady, shady bee. Um, I thought Heather had the patience of a saint with Carol and did a great job of pulling everything together. I really don't know what happened to Luann and, Heather and Heather's voices that night. They were both so off-key. It must have been too much tequila on their parts. When Avery called me in to help her pack, the reality of her leaving was finally here. It was a very emotional moment helping Avery pack for college. Which is why production told you to film it. Allegedly. Just saying. It's the first major move to her adulthood and separation from her family. Taking her to the airport, I was flooded with emotions. How did this skip so fast? Where did the time go? It seemed like yesterday I was still picking her up at kindergarten. Harry and Sonia always had a special bond. I was happy to hear that he wanted to make her a commitment going forward. And it may not have been the ring, but it was at least a ring to each their own and whatever works. This concludes the Bravo blog of Ramona. Look, Ramona, A plus on a short blog is all I'm saying. I'm not even going to mock you anymore. What do you guys think of Ramona this week? Let me know. I'm, I'm not allowed to mock her now because she did a nice short blog. So let's see. Who's next? It's Heather with her blog called Heather's Tips to Plan a Party for Carol. Yummy! It's Carol's birthday. A beautiful, well-adjusted, smarter than ever, and still sexy as hell, 50 is no small feat. And to do it so gracefully while staying youthful is admirable. And Carol has arrived with her London book tour for... The Widow's Guide to Sex and Dating underway and a birthday party looming with nothing done really except an exquisitely drawn up document detailing her vision. My dear friend asked for my help to pull it together and to see it through. And that's what friends are for. If not support, then it doesn't matter because I'm in. She is the birthday girl after all, and who better to help these kids deal with the demands of an aging diva than the diva's aging best friend? Catherine and Eric came up to Yummy to meet with Shauna, my amazing assistant who deals with the everyday demands of my original bossy pants. The best right hand anyone could ever ask for. So up here at Big Mama's house, the reveal of what I have gotten myself into is unraveling and I should have known. 
My first tip-off should have been the statue, the infamous Bird Girl statue, which was originally designed both as art and as a birdseed holder and located at Bonaventure Savannah's largest and hauntingly beautiful cemetery. It was relocated in 1997 to the Telfair Museum in Arton. Before leaving London, Rads and I had several updates about her bidding process on eBay to snag the famous statue. She had to have it and was treating herself to it for her 50th. It would be perfect for her party. I should have paid closer attention as I thought the desire for this statue was a midlife crisis or something, but I remiss in understanding the relevance of a project that would soon become my own. Carol was successful in placing the winning bid and is now the prime owner of a fine replica which we strategically placed at the party with a shiny polished red apples in her bird-seeded palms. This leads me to my first and only tip in dealing with demanding, yet adorable, and delicious party planning perfectionists, who also happens to be an ocean away obsessed with midnight with Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil theme. Read the book. Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil is an atmospheric and southern and southern gothic in tone. It depicts a wide range of egocentric personalities, all of whom Carol wanted depicted, from in and around Savannah, Georgia. The book highlights many notable Savannah residents, one most notably the Lady Chablis, a pre-operative transsexual woman and local drag queen and entertainer. Perfect. I found her entertainment. Aside from the amazing DJ Peter Paul, I can have Carol serenaded. We have the most amazing and famous drag queens in New York City, you know. We have the gorgeous Joey Ariz, and of course, I have to have him. Although Joey has back-to-back sold-out shows, I know he can make it in time for cake. So let me get my checklist out. I believe a black and white cake was requested, or was that the butterflies? Spanish moss, 100 white lights, 5,000 white rose petals, will she count them? Polished red apples, mannequins, a fiddler, a fog machine, the harvest moon, yes, we hung it, crystal pistol props, and the snake handler. Snake handler, yes, all the characters from the book are here. Oh, and for this, I'm going to need all the help I can get. So David Miller, yes, he's my friend and a huge fan of the book Midnight and, oh my God, an amazing party planner. One could ever ask for, all one could ever ask for is a friend to help last minute because I can handle the antique lace and David has an invisible dog harness. Perfection. I bet David has some other harnesses too. And I'm officially nixing the chandelier transfer. Hoo-woo. On the invitation, we asked everyone to come dress in either black and white, as the title of the book alludes to the notion of midnight. As the period between time of time for good magic and the time for evil magic. I asked my friend Terry to make some of his amazing masks for me and the girls. He's created them for fashion editorial shoots, and I knew that my husband would be rocking a custom-made suit for Carol's big night. And if you think Mario looks surprisingly dashing, it's because Newman made his, too. He makes the most beautiful suits, and I always like to share my best fashion secrets, even with Ramona. I mean, a good 
Cotier is hard to find, and tonight everyone should look fine. While Mario chooses black for evil, John was creative and requested half black and half white number, which is exactly the way I like my gorgeous, good, and sexy bad boy. I was the only one who chose to wear white, me and Sonia. If we aren't angelic, if we aren't an angelic sight together, I don't know what is. I relied on my favorite designer, Lori Newhouse, and Carol Wowser. She was surprised. She surprised even me showing up in a red dress to make the grand entrance, mask and all. She is the devil in red. Unbeknownst to me, she secretly contacted Terry to switch up her mask color and boom, bam, hello mama, I'm 50 bitches. Holla. She looked gorgeous. Lou called earlier that day to tell me she and Jacques are taking a break and she wasn't sure she could make it to the party. Lou, Jacques, and John and I spent a considerable amount of time together as couples and Luann has become a very close friend. Jacques and Luann so have so much love for each other, but they had indeed grown apart and it was becoming too recognizable for even them to ignore. It's hard when love just isn't enough because, truly, it is the case with these two. Lou is heartbroken and didn't want to rain on Carol's parade with her pieces of broken hearts. But I convinced Carol would only care to know that she was here with us instead of at home alone and upset. Leaning on your friends is part of friendship, and so Lou came to be with her friends and surround herself with a lot of love. We're there for her, and she knows she can count on us. Now, wait, did Harry just blow up Carol's 50th with a non-engagement engagement ring? Oops. How could I have forgotten bottled water? Thank God New York City is noted to have some of the best drinkable tap water in the world. Who knew? Should I have gotten some antique hydrate from Puff when I called on Ciroc to create the beautiful backlit Ciroc theme bars made from the signature amaretto and coconut flavored bottles and, of course, straight up Ciroc and tequila? Speaking of Puffy, what the hell am I doing with this mic? I think Puff Daddy's signature drink has gone in my head, but... um. There's business to take care of here after all, roasting rads. What is more important than roasting the best girl on her 50th? Nothing, especially when she makes it so easy. As I sat pen to paper, preparing a heartfelt speech for Carol, more commands from across the pond came floating through my inbox, and my speech was done. Carol had written it for me. I had lace curtains to tea stain after all. Oh, God, we have another page, people. Okay, Heather, I freaking love you, but we don't need a novel. (laughs) In the end, it was a great party, but she left one stone unturned. Joey Ariz, where are you? While Carol's crazy-themed cake was starting to melt, Joey was on his third encore at Joe's Pub bringing down the house, and I was SOL. While Shauna was on the fun, phone, or fun, begging his manager to stop the encores, my reality hit me. He wasn't coming. And so it was with a dripping birthday cake and a good buzz that I enlisted Lulu to help me scratch something on the back of a napkin to sing for Carol. We went over it like a lead balloon. A witch went over like a lead balloon. I had my one moment in time on the Birdland stage and I should have left it there. With all of the demands and details and the complicated planning, I wanted a big moment ending, but some things are just better left simple. 
Happy birthday to you, Raz. I love you to bits. I am so happy your celebration and your vision came to life. I got to stand by your side and help see you through it. It was a beautiful night and one that only... Oh, it was a beautiful night with only one terrible birthday serenade, one broken heart, one fake engagement, and one sexy red dress. It's all about you, baby. You're an inspiration. And on that exact opposite note, one missing leg coming up next. Tune in and you'll see next Tuesday for our final week of season six, The Real Housewives of New York City, where tempers and limbs both fly. Okay, so I have like a few things to say on this, and it's this. I love The Real Housewives of New York. Like, it really is one of my favorite seasons, but I'm getting a little sick of these finales where it's like fake pregnancies, fake engagements. They're just making stuff up. I don't get it. I don't get why they're doing that. And, um, you know, we've seen all season about Aviva's leg popping off and laying on the floor. Sources tell me, so spoiler alert, stop listening for the next 10 seconds if you don't want to hear me. Okay, so I think she pulls her leg off and throws it at somebody when they're accusing her of being fake. And she's like, my leg's not fake, and pulls it off and throws it. Okay, I think I did that in 10 seconds. I hope so. If I didn't, I'm sorry, because we don't edit these. Now, thus concludes the Bravo blog of Heather. Let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. (laughs) Up next is Kristen with her blog, which is short, yes, called Love Kristen Tender. When your husband agrees to therapy, it's time. The mediator's office, for real, looked like a lawyer's office. I thought I was getting tricked into signing divorce papers. Just kidding. I wore my lovely me tender sweatshirt in case Josh needed a cheat sheet. Elvis always is supporting me anyway. I felt that the therapist was great. He saw both of our sides and really offered some great advice. I find therapy is always great. It's an eye-opener, that's for sure. It makes you step back and reassess what's really important in your life and your relationships. It brings you back to the roots, the foundation, and the core of what's really important and what really matters. A lot of people think that reality TV shows are not always the best for couples, but in Josh and my case, it's been the best thing for us. How often do you get a bird's eye view of your relationship? Imagine seeing both sides of a fight, what you look like and sound like when you're really mad at your partner or vice versa. Josh and I know we needed to work what we needed to work on and we are working it out. Our problem is communication, obviously, along with, well, life. It gets in the way. Having two small kids, the hustle-bustle of New York City, and everything in between is just overall very hard to manage. We do our best to acknowledge our issues, and it's easy to sweat the small stuff and forget the big picture and what it takes to be a team. But every day we grow and learn, and we really are a great team. You don't get to see all the fun and laughter and teamwork we have on the other 167 hours a week. Carol's 50th birthday party. The theme was Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. The book was written in the mid-1990s with a great movie to follow. Leave it to Carol to have a super cool theme. Carol and Heather really were thoughtful with all the wonderful details. Heather always goes above and beyond and makes it a special... and that always goes above and beyond to make it special and organized to a T. I honestly thought it says, <laughs> I honestly thought it said she went on to make it special and organize Mr. T. That's not what she said. 
because she's a boss in a very good way. I mean, for real, did you pick up on that amazing statue, the man walking the invisible dog, and the savannah moss? Detail, detail, detail. She asked us all to dress in black and white, depending on if we felt good or evil. Josh and I were feeling evil, so we went all in black. Heather's friend and makeup artist made my amazing feather and butterfly fascinator. He also made the girl's eye masks, which turned out so cool. The party was so much fun. The only sad part was hearing about Lou and Jock breaking up. But on the bright side, Harry and Sonia? Really? Is this happening? Honestly, I love them together, so I can't wait to see what happens. Thus concludes the Bravo Blog of Kristen. <laughs> and last, and certainly least, and the worst, is Aviva with her blog called Aviva Rises Above the Nonsense. And warning, it's the long- longest one of all of them, yet for some reason, because she hasn't been on the show in like three episodes other than five seconds, but whatever, I get it. You're not coming back, but let's see what you have to say. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> you never know how strong you are until strong is all you can be. Boston Marathon survivor and my friend Celeste Corcoran. This season is drawing to an end here, and the sun may be setting on the days in which a large audience can opine on my strengths and weaknesses on a weekly basis. Oh, fingers crossed, we can only hope, girl. So many of you um, may be wondering why the heck I even stepped into this ring. I am part of a community of people who have physical limitations. I believe we all have an obligation to inspire each other to go, do, live, thrive, and encourage others. My interactions on the show with Heather Abbott or giving Jake his new legs is what the show has really been about for me. The rest has just been total nonsense. There are nearly 2.5 million people living with limb loss in the United States. Globally, there are more than 1 million annual limb amputees, which is one every 30 seconds. Meaning what? Like someone's getting a limb lobbed off every 30 seconds? I guess that's what you do mean. The the amputee, which is not funny, the Amputee Coalition of America estimates that there are 185,000 new lower extremity amputations each year within the U.S. Among those living with limb loss, the main causes are vascular disease, 54%, which includes diabetes and peripheral arterial disease, trauma, and cancer, less than 2%. Well, there you go. There were 16 people whose legs were blown off in the Boston Marathon bombings. Oh, God, really? Um, Okay, need a moment. More More than half of them were women, which is unusual in a country where men make up the majority of amputees. Losing limbs in car crashes, construction accidents, and in combat. Men often wear their metal prosthesis while exposed, while women tend to like a realistic-looking skins, like high-heeled legs that look like ones that you see me wear on television. All these specialized limbs, including running, swimming, skiing legs, and so on, are not covered by health insurance policies. Tell me about it. If the specialized limbs are covered by some insurance companies, then the question is only for how long. It's rarely for more than a year or so. 
When I was asked to visit the Boston hospitals for a few weeks after the bombings, I was uplifted to see that despite the physical work and great response that lay ahead for the survivors, evil did not prevail. People had survived where there was death, uh, where there is breath, there is life, and many were open to my message, which was one of life without limbs is limitless. Amputees can live full, functional, and active lives only hindered by the health insurance companies that frequently don't pay for the basics or extras like skin and specialized sporting limbs, which allow amputees to get back to normal and do activities they want to do and feel psychologically whole. When a breast cancer victim has a mastectomy, health insurance always pays for the reconstructive surgery, as it should for women to feel normal, whole, and feminine as she chooses. Why is it any different for an amputee? Why should an amputee child be deprived of a running leg, or a teenage girl rejected for a high heel leg for her prom, or a man de- denied a special spring limb, and so on? The basic walking limbs, running limbs, cosmetic limbs, swimming limbs, and amputees of all sexes, ages, whatever the cause, are rejected by health companies all the time. It's a moral wrong, and it must be changed. It has been my mission not only to mentor new amputees, but raise money for those who need limbs that insurance companies won't pay for. And it's been a very tough battle. Well, tell me about it. It's been my battle for the past two years. Donate. PayPal. Not about limbs, but fighting insurance companies is a nightmare, and I agree, something does need to be done, but that wouldn't be funny or have any place to be in this blog, so let's keep reading. (laughs) The next, it is making me like you a little bit, Aviva, and I have to say, I, I get that you're trying to distract me with this issue from how crazy you are, and it's working a little bit. If you would have done this whole season, maybe I would have liked you. Anyway, the next issue for amputees is finding the great prosthetic. (laughs) I spent years from the age of 6 to 30 in pain going from one wrong one to the next. And also, without the technology today that that affords cosmetic limbs, special sport limbs, etc., there's an art to making a comfortable prosthetic piece. It's a very specialized field. When I when I found a step ahead prosthetics 12 years ago in New York I learned of their motto which is they take very which they take very seriously its form follows function that means you must start you must first start with the fit it must be okay first of all everyone has that quote um it must be comfortable and designed specifically to each individual their issues and their goals Only then will it move into the aesthetic part, which is a science called cosmeticis. A step ahead, prosthetics has an entire department that fights tirelessly for its patients with health insurance policies to get proper coverage. They're amazing. But what about those amputees whose insurance won't cover limbs? What with the 16 mil- with the 16 marathon survivors do five years from now when their insurance companies won't pay for the basics or the extras? What about the other 2.5 million amputees in America? Don't they have the right to walk, swim, dance, wear skirts, heels, and participate in triathlon? triathlons if they so choose. Heather Habit was the first Boston Marathon amputee I met on my first Boston visit. Today I am proud to call her my friend. She was not allowing terrorists nor her limb loss to hold her back, not even for a minute. Naturally, I brought Eric, and today, she wears a cosmetic, high-heel, comfortable limb. I am privileged to learn so much from new amputees and their plights. 
I feel lucky to be part of a community where character is learned through tough experiences and people are so grateful for the things in their lives. And thus concludes all the Bravo blogs for this week. <laughs> well, that about wraps up our Bravo blogs from the ladies for this week. Now, don't forget to check out the other Bravo blogs being read to you by me over on our website, yourrealityrecaps.com slash bravo. And hey, you should also know John is doing video vlogs as well that you can see over on our website or our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash realityrecaps. And if you watch him over there, thumbs up and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Do you know why? Because it helps support us a lot too. And of course, Zach and our other bloggers are also blogging The Real Housewives. So we got you guys covered no matter how you want to get your Bravo content. And of course, all of it is over at yourrealityrecaps.com slash Bravo. But did you know Bravo shows aren't the only ones we cover? Oh, that's right. We also do Big Brother, Survivor, Amazing Race, The Bachelorette, RuPaul's, new shows like The Quest and Utopia. We will be covering Opposite Worlds, so much more. You just need to go head over to our website, yourrealityrecaps.com, to check out all of our exclusive content, cast interviews, live streaming parties, and so much more that you guys are not going to find anywhere else. And of course, if you want to support us, well, listen to the start of this podcast again, because I told you all the ways you can. So until next week, when we're back with the next round of the Ladies Housewives blogs, I'll see you guys all soon. Bye for now, everybody.